Welcome to the podcast, Life is a Story We Tell Ourselves. I'm Anna Murphy. My father, Don Murphy, and I will be bringing stories to your family each week. We want to share stories with you that encourage us all to find the extraordinary in the ordinary through reminiscing and storytelling, because life is a story we tell ourselves. We know our listeners are missing the everyday activities that usually keep us so busy this time of year. On this week's episode, we visit baseball season. First up is a story about Little League adventures read by my father, a lifelong Dodgers fan. Then we'll hear a story about church antics that always brought joy to his family. Let's listen together. This time of the year, we would normally be well into baseball season, but for obvious reasons, not this year. So, many are turning to the classic sports channels to relive the glory and excitement of past games. Or for some fans, like the Dodger fans, despite a record-winning season, deep disappointment still hangs in the air after not making it to the World Series. For me, in the dog days of a baseballless summer, I recall the last game of a little league season from long ago. It was the bottom of the last inning of the game, and we were leading by one run. There were two out, and the bases were loaded. It was the last game of the season, and we had lost all six of our previous games. This was our last chance for a win. The count was three and two. I looked in at the catcher, but no need for a sign. I only had one pitch, a fastball with some motion on it. One more out and the one win would redeem a string of losses. I wound up and threw a perfect strike that the batter popped up high in the air above the pitcher's mound. I yelled, I got it, I got it, along with every other member of the infield. They all converged on the mound, heads raised to the sky searching for the sphere of white, whose capture would lead to a long-awaited celebration. The ball, as if to mock us, dropped to the ground in front of me as six adolescents crashed into one another and fell in a heap of despair. I looked up as the bases cleared and our opponents celebrated their unearned victory. I got up from the mound of despondency, threw my glove to the ground and began to cry. We all straggled back to our dugout to a silent and disappointed coach. We gathered our gear and headed for the Chevrolet station wagon that had conveyed us to one loss after another. But one thing never failed. After every loss, there was pizza and soda. With tears still in the eyes of many of us, our grief was soothed by the taste of pepperoni cheese, and a tangy sauce that somehow made it all better. We ate in silence until one of my teammates said, Man, this is some good pizza. Baseball is such a great activity that brings people together each spring. We hope you're spending some time sharing your love of the game with your families. Our next story is entitled, Happy. Let's listen together. As much as my youth was occupied with baseball, it was occupied more by attending church. There was church on Sunday mornings, church on Sunday evenings, 
the Baptist Training Union classes on Wednesdays, Sunday school, and during the summers there was vacation Bible school. We attended Metropolitan Baptist Church where my father was one of two associate pastors. It was located at 42nd and Hooper on the east side of Los Angeles. It was a typical church standing stately on the corner of a busy street with a house that had been converted to an annex in the back of the church separated by an alley. On Sundays, the church was always hot, but adequately stocked with fans advertising funeral homes and insurance. The perfumed air that moved back and forth about the church from the ever-waving fans was enough to make one sick, and it often did. The deacons sat directly below the pulpit where the pastors reigned, and the deaconesses sat in white dresses directly opposite the deacons. The choir stand rose directly behind the pastor's roost, and the large baptismal pool sat high above and in back of the choir. On either side of the choir were two short, knee-high swinging doors through which the choir entered. On one Sunday, one of those swinging doors nearly led to tragedy and provided great entertainment for us kids. Hollywood has made famous scenes from African-American churches with preachers strutting and hollering from the pulpit and ladies in wide-brimmed hats waving their arms and getting what we called happy, or others called being filled with the Spirit often manifested in emotional displays of screaming, Yes, Lord! Yes, Lord! Jumping up and down and, at times, running up and down the aisles of the church. On one Sunday morning, it happened that Albertine Fontenot, who sang in the choir, got happy. Seated in the very middle of the choir, she jumped up from her seat as the preacher strutted and wailed. Unable to control herself, she shuffled past other seated choir members. When she reached the aisle, she ran down its steps until she reached the swinging doors, which she apparently could not see in her spirit-filled state, and fell headlong over the door and lay prostrate on the floor. The deaconesses jumped into action to provide aid to poor Albertine, still spirit-filled but writhing in pain. Smelling salts were administered as the preacher continued to sermonize despite the injured state of one of his flock. For my part, I bent my head to conceal uncontrollable laughter for which I would have usually been seriously chastised. But for some reason my mother, who sat next to me, did not believe in what she called that spirit-filled nonsense, and she sat straight-faced, rigidly staring forward and shaking her head. When we got home later that day, my younger brother, who had inherited my father's knack for imitating people, spent much of the evening recreating Albertine's antics, and well into our teens whenever it moved him to do so, my brother would recreate the scene to entertain the family until my father finally put a stop to it, at least in his presence. But in secret, until we all moved out of the house, we often recalled the scene with good humor until one time my older brother, who would later become a pulpit strutting pastor himself, warned, you know, we're probably going to go to hell for this. <laughs> oh, I've always loved the stories that come out of church. What a great one. We hope that our listeners who are missing church are still finding ways to connect with their communities and share positivity during this time. That story is one of my favorites. 
Thank you for listening to this week's Life is a Story We Tell Ourselves. Please remember to subscribe and share with your family and friends. You can also find us on the web at lifeisastorypodcast.com. On next week's episode, Dawn tells the story of a family hiking trip on the John Muir Trail in the High Sierra Mountain Range on the occasion of his father's death. With his wife and six- and eight-year-old children, they hiked to Gladys Lake in search of peace. From our family to yours, stay safe, share happiness, and remember, the important thing is not to stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existing.